Today's episode is presented by Lodestar, the fee experts. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Lodestar's Lending Leaders. I'm Elena Gardner, and today I'm joined with the CEO of Lender Toolkit, uh, Brett Brumley. So thank you so much, Brett, for joining me. We just talked about your name so much, I almost just forgot how to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for having me on. Of course. Um, We've met and interacted a lot in the conference space. Um, We've known each other, I think, for about a year now, and you've known our CEO, Jim, for much longer than that. Um, So... Uh, let's just jump into it. Um, so our first question for you today is kind of, you know, we really see automation being thrown around as a buzzword. Um, and more than anything, people are just tired of hearing about it because it's such a vague term at this point. What does it mean to you and your company's take on automation in the mortgage space? I think, you know, Yeah, you know, automation is so critical and everybody talks about it, but you're right. It is kind of a buzzword, you know, for when we talk about automation, we really talk about the entire system and that system that allows for growth. Um, You know, scalability was definitely the biggest challenge we've had in the past few years. You know, once that system's in place uh, for automation, you can continue to build your processes and expand your company without being exclusively dependent on resources. Past few years, resources were a really hard thing to find. Um, so, you know, the automation system actually allows you to grow without having to be dependent on uh, your resources. Um, on a more broader sense, though, automation can allow you to get rid of the checkers checking the checkers. You know, everybody says that in our industry, and it's time that just goes away. It provides that consistency in the process that we really need. Um, it can also improve the compliance. Um, yeah. One unique thing about compliance, I had a really interesting conversation with somebody the other day, and they were talking about eliminating bias. And it occurred to me that automation is the path to even eliminate bias. Now, certainly somebody can build bias into a particular automation system, but most of the time we're using data, analytics, guidelines. So we're completely eliminating bias, like race and ethnicity and where they live um, from the system. For us, our automated uh, underwriting system, we call AI Underwriter, Mm -hmm. we just use data to analyze the credit decision for the borrower. And those types of bias things are not even part of the equation. Yeah, I think that's that's so important. I think, you know, one thing I want to touch on that you did say is, you know, we're really seeing in the industry this mass layoffs, right? There's no other way to address it um, because of the bloat from, you know, everyone needed to throw bodies at huge amounts of volume that was coming in the door. And we're really starting to see here at Lodestar co- companies finally saying we really need to hone on, in on these automation, on these processes, procedures, how this works. How have you worked, I'd say, your current clients? How have they come to you and kind of said, hey, we need to we need to beef up our program and look at more tools? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, our clients are probably the most passionate people I know. Um, and they're always looking at ways to push the envelope. Um, one of them just last week was doing an announcement um, on LinkedIn talking about how they were leveraging uh, Finicity's verifications of income, verifications of assets directly from the consumer up front in the origination process. And it occurred to me, that's the same goal that we're doing. How can we use the automation to improve the customer experience? So as we kind of dove into that conversation, I asked them a really interesting question was, how fast could you get a legitimate underwriting decision to that same consumer? And I was expecting them to talk about the average turn times we have. I mean, I think they're like 45 days, which is just Mm -hmm. I thought they would say, you know, with your technology, we could get it down to 14. That's a huge improvement. Mm -hmm. They said same day as the origination. That was what came out of their mouth. That's mm-hmm. what our, our, our lenders are looking to do. 
is take that borrower that can apply online, get all the necessary information immediately, and then provide them an underwriting decision or a firm commitment to lend right away. And you yeah. see this happening at the biggest of big, you know, Quicken. Quicken is actually calling them firm commitment to lend or their upfront underwriting approvals. Um, some of our customers are starting to really revolutionize how they do business by doing that immediate upfront commitment. It's empowering sales organizations. And we're talking about cutting huge timeframes off our industry. So technology and automation is the only way we're going to be able to do those types of things. Yeah, I think that's that's so important. Um, and I think it kind of leads well into, you know, you guys work in specifically one LOS uh, Encompass, which is, you know, by far our, I think everyone knows the largest LOS in our, in our market. You know, we see a lot of people that are looking at building out a proprietary system or adding multiple tools on stack. What would you say to someone who's debating at looking at a proprietary system, switching their LOS versus kind of building things on top of an existing LOS environment? Yeah, you know, every lender is going to have to do what's right for them. And, and hopefully they do a lot of analysis before they make a, a fundamental decision like that. Mm -hmm. um, Rob Chrisman, industry leader, everybody knows him. A few years ago, I read a, a thing he put out. He said an LOS implementation is the single most impactful thing an organization can do. The mm -hmm. single most. Their technology is their organization. It really is. Every single person in the organization interacts with technology in some way, shape, or another. Now, they really do need to analyze that build versus buy kind of um, problem. The biggest challenge is long-term maintenance. So yeah. if you go build your own process and your own system, you're going to have to deal with all of the changes that our industry has. And, you know, we only have a couple that have happened over the last few years, right? Only a few. Only a few. You know, so you have to take those things on. Um, there's actually a very large, well-known company in Texas that's one of our customers. And they actually build their built their own version of Encompass. Um, many people may not know that, but they had their own version of Encompass. And this obviously Encompass doesn't allow this. It was not the best long-term strategy for Encompass to do that, but they built mm -hmm. it. Over time, it just became more difficult and difficult to manage. They couldn't keep up with regulations like TRID, um, you know, other major regulations that have come down the pipeline over years. So they eventually decided to go back onto the Encompass platform and let Encompass do what they do best, which is build technology. Now, looking at like lender toolkits specifically, you know, we're leveraging economies of scale. You know, we have hundreds of different customers that are giving us feedback and input on ways to improve our process. And we're taking the best of those and putting them into our technology. We are designed as a mortgage technology company to build technology efficiently. Lenders are lenders. They should be focusing on the consumer experience, growing their sales teams, expanding their footprint, opening new lines of vertical. Technology, you know, everybody knows in our industry is not really their strong suit. So they can leverage existing partners, companies that have done it before, find the right one, and then we can build it together. Yeah. And I think that's something we've really seen. Um, we recently had a, a lender tell us that they had to work with over 45 different vendors to get to build their tech stack. And I think, you know, working with partners is is a stressful thing. How would you recommend a lender, you know, utilize outsourcing to, to handle some of those vendors? Yeah, that's a really good question and probably one of the biggest things they should look at. It, it's critical for them to find partners in the industry that are not just focused on what they're doing. They need to be looking at what other partners are within that tech stack and how they can synergize their tools together. So, for example, Lodestar and, and us, we've used your APIs to make the experience for our customers richer. They can mm -hmm. automate it. We can take that data and apply it in different places. So if you don't have a partner that's looking at the other vendors in your tech stack, and finding ways to make them more cohesive, you don't have the right partner. 
Now, Lender Toolkit also has a lot of experience upstream and downstream for mortgages. Our capabilities are in underwriting, but we do really well in disclosures and we do really well in post-closing and a lot of areas in between. So we can understand where those technology stacks can be applied and where we can use that data in a more unique way than perhaps the lender, a vendor itself is, is working out at that moment. No, I think that makes sense. We're all experts in our own ways, in our own areas, you know, and it's so important to go to an expert when you need advice. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, on the topic of technology, you know, we really saw, you know, from COVID, the growth of Ron, right, that I think that, you know, got propelled by multiple years and everyone agrees. What is the thing that you kind of see propelling out of, you know, the current experience that we're living through, right? Every time an industry experiences a major trauma, as it were, we kind of see this growth and this change happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, obviously, I think everyone's probably tired of COVID and really grateful we're moving past it as a country in the world. So, um, mm -hmm. but what it did was one of those global impacting things that changed everything. Yeah. Uh, you went from companies that had everybody in office. So if they had a disparate workflow or a process, it was easy to deal with because you had a manager that was, you know, just a couple blocks or a couple doors down and they mm -hmm. could supervise. Well, you go into a remote environment and that changes everything. Now, Lumber Toolkit's been remote since day one. So mm -hmm. actually when COVID happened, we didn't really skip a beat other than the, you know, the, the natural drama that existed from the, the COVID disease. We didn't change our business at all. Yeah. We already had processes and procedures in place to deal with consumer engagement or employee engagement, um, oversight and analytics on productivity. Um, and we had the mechanisms to communicate and make sure things happened in a way that we wanted. We already had that in place. So lenders were forced to come up with that all at once. So like you said, Ron kind of came into the mix because we needed consumers to be able to sign mortgage documents because they couldn't come into the office. Now, that said, what really I think it did was sped up the urgency for automation. And again, going back to automation being an entire system, not one particular process, but you can take those disparate processes, lack of oversight, standardize it, and at the end, hopefully produce a more rich experience for your consumer. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at automation, you know, each individual piece may only save you a few minutes, but that adds up really fast. Yeah, you know, and time savings is important too. Um, you know, I think that's one of the challenges that COVID brought to light was that lenders were ex uh, going through record volumes during the mm -hmm. most unique time in our in our lives. Well, they couldn't hire fast enough to deal with volume. Yeah. Well, on the flip side, when the market turned, they couldn't lay off people. They were way overstaffed. They couldn't correct quickly enough. And some of them are either going out of business or really struggling. So mm -hmm. with automation, you can scale up and down really quickly, regardless of what the market conditions are doing. And then you can be a little bit more nimble and then take advantage of more opportunities when you see them. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, as someone who's been remote since day one, uh, you touched on something that I'm really passionate about is employee engagement with a remote workforce as a leader. How do you keep your employees engaged? I talk to a lot of lenders about this that ha are just now learning how to lead remote teams, you know, what does that company culture look like for you with remote employees? Yeah, I'm so glad you actually asked about that. So, um, you know, a few years back as we were a growing company for a startup, it's really difficult to actually get people to buy into your, your vision and, and come on board. It's disruptive. Things are changing. You don't have your processing. I mean, that's just natural yeah. growth for a small startup. Well, we were also remote. So how do you do that when people are all over the country? And I would, I would be honest that we had some um, bumps in the road where people would leave. We'd have amazing people we really liked, but they just couldn't 
figure it out. And we couldn't figure it out either. So I stepped back a few years ago and I said, culture needs to change for the organization. And so we put in place um, a wellness program. Um, in fact, our wellness director just spoke in Washington, D.C., in front of companies like Nike and Facebook and, you know, biggest names in the business, talking about how we brought wellness into the mortgage space. And I was so proud of that experience. So I think through offering things like, uh, you know, we do meditation sessions on Zoom. Mm-hmm. We have uh, happy hours periodically. We do programs that focus on their financial well-being, their personal well-being, their overall like health and wellness. And this was all based on data from our um, employees. We did surveys to find out what they wanted us to do. And it was right in alignment with what they we did. Yeah. Uh, we also do some really cool things that give kudos to our employees. We do uh, something called PowerCoins. Uh, if you're ever lucky enough, I'll have to give uh, you a PowerCoin. Uh, we give them out to our customers from time to time. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're really cool. Think military challenge coins. So yep. we issue a PowerCoin for somebody and we give them a kudo for whatever that may be. Um, and it comes with perks, you know, whether it's a free dinner or, you know, if we give it to a lender or a vendor partner, you know, we'll buy drinks if they have their coin. So just some fun things like that to keep customers in, or excuse me, our employees engaged in what we're doing, invested in what we're doing uh, and happy with their overall work life. But that has to be built around a solid vision for the organization that they buy into as well. So it's not just about the play. It's about what you're doing day to day. And they have to be passionate about that as well. Yeah, I think, you know, here at Lodestar, we've experienced something very similar, I think, in the last year or so. We've we've grown a lot. And, you know, we also are mostly remote with the exception of, you know, my team is is mostly, we're hybrid, I would say. Um, more out of luck that we hired people that live close to the office where, you know, myself and our CEO work more than anything else. Um, but it's definitely been an interesting time is how do you keep them engaged? How do you have those continuing conversations? Um, and we've really found that having a streamlined vision and knowing where we're going is so important as leaders, even though, you know, sometimes it feels, Jim is very commonly will say, sometimes it feels like you're building the plane as you're falling out of the sky. Yeah, absolutely. We feel that same way. You know, um, there's a analogy I heard, um, from a, it was a wellness speaker and I, I, forgive me, I can't remember her name, but she's, she's renowned across the world. And she talked about that analogy about building a plane as you're flying it. She said, smart up startups, really small ones. You know, what makes us amazing is we have this powerful vision and we're confident in it. And we can look over that edge of the cliff and we're okay if we jump because we're mm-hmm. confident in our team's ability to build that plane as we're falling. Now, what makes us successful is we're either going to, we have to make it or we crash on the rocks. So our teams will build that as we go. Now, contrast that to a big, large, bloated organization. And that happens naturally as you get very, very large. You know, they spend years and years planning. They don't necessarily jump off that cliff. So their innovation is slowed because of their size. So that's the difference between, I think, a small startup and a big organization. But yeah, it's critical that you have that vision or people are going to fall and crash on the rocks below. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, there's kind of a lot of different different takes over the world. Um, A lot of what we prepared for this call is just kind of talking a little bit about the industry at large. You know, we... We posted a position yesterday for a January hire, hopefully, and we saw, I think, in 20 minutes, we had 20 applicants, (laughs) which is a lot. Um, But there's a lot of anxiety about that kind of, you know, scarcity of jobs, resources, all of that. You know, as tech vendors, how do we take advantage of this time to grow and encourage people to kind of look back, invest in your processes. Maybe you have a technology in your tech stack that maybe you're not using to its full potential. Um, 
And how are you guys kind of pushing your customers and your prospects to do that? You know, when budgets are cut. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, obviously nobody is in denial about the current conditions. You know, we've seen tremendous downturns over the last year, uh, shocking mm-hmm. downturns. Uh, and those are expected to continue to some extent through 2023. Now, yeah. I some level of stabilization, uh, and I think that's important. But what gives me um, some... Um, what gives me hope for the future is that 80% of companies want some form of mortgage automation. And so right now is the time for them to actually invest in themselves. Look at solutions that can enable scalability when they come out of this downturn and they can capture those market opportunities. They absolutely have to maximize the value of the solution though. If they just buy a solution and they don't get behind it as an organization, and I absolutely mean from the top down, we say that a lot, but you have to believe that. The, the, the teams that we work with, that where their CEO is pushing it on every single call because that's their vision, are the ones that are successful. The ones that bought it because a particular branch or region wanted the technology, but they don't really adopt it and they don't force people to use it. Well, that's just a big spend that they don't get any value out of. So yeah. they really need to focus on the scalability. It will improve problem, uh, uh, profits. And one of the challenges I think they have is they're really, really concerned the market's not going to turn around and they've got this war chest that they've built up over the four years. But without using that to invest in themselves, we're going to go into that same problem again when the market rebounds. Yeah. So we honestly design financial programs for new customers so they get the best of both worlds. They can implement certain automations to give them value right away. And as they ramp up, the ROI immediately turns around. Like I said, like the other company that I was talking to earlier um, said that they could do underwrites in one day. That yeah. They didn't come to that conclusion overnight, and they certainly didn't come to that conclusion as we did our demos. They came to that after they used it, promoted it, and implemented it into their organization, and all of a sudden, the light bulbs just turned on. That's what yeah. we need with all the anxiety that we're seeing in the market today. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is investing in the tech now and building those processes and procedures will not only allow you to scale, but then the next time this wave comes back, because it always does, right? And I think that's important to recognize, is is that layoff cycle going to be a little bit smaller? Can we protect more jobs? Can we make sure that we're providing more stability in the employment we offer our employees? And I think that's so important as well. Yeah, you know, we don't like to have the cyclical nature of our business where we hire a whole bunch of people, we capitalize Mm -hmm. on the market, and then it crashes and we lay people off. That's not a good image for our industry. We need mortgage automation as a service so that we can leverage that different technology stacks, partners' experience, and the lender's expertise to be able to create a system that when the market does rebound, they've already built for scale and they can be more stable. That That will minimize that anxiety your employees have because they know you're investing in the company. Uh, layoffs naturally happen, but we want to minimize that to every extent possible. And you can't do that unless you rely on a standard process with technology. Uh, Yeah, I totally agree. Well, as a fun question, as we wrap up here today, um, and this is our season's fun wrap-up question, is at Lodestar, we're big at celebrating people and things that inspire us. Um, After all, Lodestar is a guiding light. That is our company name. Um, both literally and metaphorically speaking, who do you consider your lodestar or your inspiration for getting out of bed in the morning? Uh, getting out of the bed in the morning. Wow, that's a complicated question. I certainly talk, thought about it a little bit more from a business perspective. You can go. You can go either. Well, Pick from up. a business perspective, one of the first people that I really kind of changed my outlook on life was the founders of our project management system called Teamwork. Um, not only do they have a great name, really about project management is all about teamwork. Um, they had a story where they were a services-based business. And Lender Toolkit was a services-based business once upon a time. 
Um, they were struggling like we were struggling because it's difficult to grow just services. Uh, and they decided to go all in on their product. They decided if they abandoned their service, I mean, uh, completely abandoned their revenue stream, went in all in on their product, people would buy into that vision and they could grow their company. And it did. It changed their entire business. So we're focused on a rebranding as well because we did something very similar. Now, we didn't abandon our services. We find that adds tremendous value to people. Um, and we really like having the ability to solve any problem, even if we don't sell a product. But we still are rebranding into a product-based company. Our AI tools, our AI underwriter is changing the industry in a big way. And so I think that originally came from the teamwork founders in a completely different industry. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of other uh, folks in our industry specifically, Lenders One specifically, I, I want to call out. They're a group of people that are really getting behind collaboration. They're bringing people together to talk about real world problems. And they're talking about ways to use technology to make themselves more efficient. So folks like that, that are bringing people together and solving problems are also an inspiration for me. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Brett, for joining me today. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find us at lendertoolkit.com. There's a lot of information about our products and services. Um, reach out, give us a call, talk to our people, find us at conferences where we're certainly around. Perfect. And then you personally, I'm assuming they can find you on LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn. Um, or, you know, find me in a conference. I'm usually wearing an LK, LTK logo or something. Come by. I did notice you do not have a photo on LinkedIn, which I thought was funny. I totally have a photo on LinkedIn. We've got, see, on I've got to connect you. So, no, I, I should be on LinkedIn. You can find my information, just Brett Brumley okay. online. I'll, I'll stalk you after this call. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Thanks, Elena. Perfect. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. And please like, subscribe, follow us um, wherever you get this podcast. If you are listening to us on a pod podcast platform and you get this audio only, we would really appreciate a five-star rating. And thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Lodestar's Lending Leaders Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and rate us five stars anywhere you get your podcasts. A special thank you to the Lodestar Podcast Production team, Jim Paolino, Tim Austin, and John Gardner. 